Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. All right, guys, welcome back to part two of our mailbag podcast. If you missed part one, uh, be sure to check that out. It was posted last week, a myriad of topics and a lot of interesting ones here on the second half. It was uh, way too many good questions. Glad to make this into two parts. I'm on vacation at the moment. This will be the last podcast of the week. We'll have another one up next Sunday night uh, with a player. It's already been recorded. But if you're looking to add some new podcasts to your stream, go to the Callaway Podcast Network. First has the Ship Show Pod. Uh, It connects listeners with the cool things happening inside Callaway's marketing team, new products, limited releases, content, personal stories, and just some goofing off. Join Jeff Newbarth and AJ Volpel for new episodes every Tuesday. If you're into the geekier tech side of the game, you got to go to the Fitting Room Podcast, Nate and AJ. Do a deep dive into the world of fitting and technology, golfer and uh, help golfers all over the world decide which clubs to play and which they, what they should be playing. And we like to get involved in this world. So whatever interests you guys the most on these kind of topics, please let us know. We want to uh, invoke some more technology stuff into our content in the next year. But a little bit amateur. We're, we're a bit amateur amateurish, I guess you could say on that end. And we want to learn what you guys are most interested in and hopefully can, uh, can deliver on that end. So just search Callaway products on iTunes or Spotify and subscribe to their channel. And without further ado, please enjoy part two and we'll see you guys again next week. This is from sir bro hammer. Um, <laughs> when will you guys have a ringer style golf tournament for your fans and where in the Atlanta area will you host it? Well, so obviously it's no secret uh, the Carter family is uh, from Atlanta. Atlanta is a tough ask as far as an event goes. Well, so that was that was my thing. Atlanta was one of the first cities. So l- let's preface all of this with saying I think we can announce pretty pretty you know unequivocally that that we do want to host two or possibly three, hopefully three events, <laughs> uh, like regional events. Like let's get you know, the fan base out and play some golf and have some beers and do the whole thing. Community organizing. We want to do some community, some light community organizing. Yeah. Are we going to run in 2020? Hard to say at this point. (laughs) Uh, But let's do, uh, yeah, let's do some community organizing. Atlanta was one of the first cities that sprung to mind, centrally located, easy to get to. Problem is like, I don't know where we would do it. Uh, And I'll, Take my answer of, off the air from you well, guys on that one. We did two events at Sweetens this year, right? Which not our events, but we've been to two of them, and that is like, it's hard to follow that. Like that golf course is so perfect for it. you can rent out the entire course, and there's there's nothing else there. But like it's the, all the different formats you can play, and it's it wouldn't. I don't think it would be a trip where you just like have normal tee times in a certain window, and because it's gonna we want it to be for a lot of people so you probably kind of need to rent a course out in some way and but you still want it to be relatively intimate yeah so it's it's it, we're not looking like for the best golf courses in the world to host it we're kind of looking for any other Sweetens coves out there that can <laughs> kind of host this and are you know small enough and affordable enough to rent out for a day or so if there's anyone out there that kind of has uh we're we're open to suggestions on where we're going to be we have some ideas on regions we want to go but we need it needs to be the right course or courses in particular days to really make it work but uh, we're thinking globally but acting locally <laughs> all right 
I'm just gonna leave that there. Yeah, I think that's I think that's the right way to look at it. But yeah, we definitely want to want to make this happen, and uh, it's, yeah, yeah, it's we, a huge initiative. Well, I think, and and I mean, you kind of touched on it, but yeah, it doesn't have to be, you know, a top 100 golf course that we do something like this at. I think that's hopefully not a misconception. I would rather it not people be a top have. But yeah, I mean, that's like some of my most fun days I've had playing golf are are you know has little to do with uh with the golf course and right. i don't say that lightly like you know the golf course doesn't ever matter but it's so much more about the people you're with and the kind of access you have to the golf course and that's where i think your point about sweetens where you can just kind of run wild and do whatever you want is pretty much the Which optimum we the may optimum have one scenario. at sweetens I mean, yeah, it, yeah in the yeah. fall that's the like natural that. like all right if we're gonna have one in the southeast it's yeah it's there. It needs to be there. And we've seen... Which is only, what, two hours from Atlanta? Exactly. Yeah, and people yeah. fly in from... People travel for these things. Yeah, it's at least close. Like to, you can fly into Nashville. You can fly into Atlanta. You can fly into Birmingham. It's kind of equidistant from all those places, so... All right. Well, fingers crossed. Yeah. On a completely different note, this is from uh, Cluster Fluff. I really just chose the, uh, <laughs> chose the questions based on how good your username was. Uh, if you could design a brand new course for the PGA Tour that would test the modern day golfer, what would it look like? Oof. Love this one. That is a good one. Uh, gosh, I feel like I'm leading off too much. Tron, you're let's get it. Let's go to the number two hitter here. I'll let Tron load up and I'll, I'll start with, I, I thought about this a lot. Intentionally walk Tron. I thought about this a lot and I thought Set about double like, play for selling. Yeah. <laughs> what are the most interesting shots that I watched happen this past year? And the hole that I like kept going back to was the sixth hole at Carnoustie. And I was like, when guys would step yeah. up to that tee, I just remember thinking like, I can't wait to see what he does here because is a par five, and there was space between like centerline bunkers and OB left. And if you wanted to try to get there in two, you had to go down that line because the further right you bailed, there was more just slightly off centerline bunkers to the right. I mean, you could take like an iron down the right side, play it as a three-shot hole, or just take on a ton of risk, play down the left side, and go for it in two. And I just remember being like, that is intriguing as hell, way more intriguing than like, oh, can he carry this bunker at 320? And if he doesn't carry it, like he can miss five yards to the right and still be fine. That that kind of style and making guys think like, all right, if I want to bite all this off, here's all the things I got to think about and like all of the mapping and whatnot to get you to a hole. Like the old course is probably just too easy in general for these guys, but something like Carnoustie was one of the more perfect tests. And it was like, all right, how much how much you wanted to bite off was a true risk reward evaluation. And I think that's the mindset. I don't know if that answers the question as much, but that kind of mindset of like setting guys up to try to figure out what they actually need to do off the tee rather than taking the shot that is just the least risky is, would be very interesting. I think the most interesting hole, I think this was two years ago. The most interesting hole I've watched guys play was in the USAM at, or is that the USAM? No, it was the Walker cup. At LACC. At LACC. Number, <laughs> number 15. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that, that to me just made all the ball and equipment and technology stuff kind of describe di- the hole disappear for a little bit. It's like a 90 yard part three. Well, <laughs> some days it's 90 yards, some days it's what, like 160 exactly or something. Yeah. And yeah. It's just the gnarliest green. And if you miss, you're completely hosed. Uh, but yeah, people just like freak out on, on the tee. It's awesome. So I would make sure that there's at least a few holes like that. In, and it would probably be like if I was to design something for. You know, PGA Tour players, it would probably be something more along the lines of a harbor town. Than, yeah. Then, well, I, yes, that that I think speaks a little bit to what I was going to say too. It's it shouldn't be ignored that we're disc- we're designing a uh, a hole for the PGA Tour, and so I picked the only links course that the PGA Tour plays. Correct. All year, <laughs> which would be a tough sell, I think, uh, if you're building this in 
where are the new PGA Tour events? Minnesota and Detroit. You could build a links course there. <laughs> sure. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> I think like this is a very uh, unpopular opinion with the like with an angles uh, crew, and hopefully it'll lead to another discussion here. But and mine was probably an unpopular one with the tree management. Well, so that's kind of where I'm at. Like, honest to God, when you you this is I can't believe I'm saying this, but you said uh, you know when I think about like what shots. I had the most fun watching this year. You know what course popped into my head was Mexico. Yeah. <laughs> and just watching guys sick. punching out of trees and carrying trees and like hitting wild ass recovery shots. And and at at elevation and too. And at elevation. So the, yeah. they you know, don't curve. No, yeah, the ball doesn't curve. They have to figure it out. So I couldn't be more of a proponent of the width and angles philosophy for uh the everyday player and even elite amateurs and and all this stuff but with how far the ball goes with what pj tour you know and professional golfers in general just like to see and knowing what they're going to bitch about and what they're going to like and all these things like it would probably be a course that was relatively tight like you're saying tron mm-hmm. i mean I, I think it's i think harbor town's a good one because it, it kind of hopefully you know theoretically limits the distance stuff and kind of maybe smashes everybody together. Although then you also have Dustin hitting two irons as far as people's drivers. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think that's what I would, I would lean towards something that was like more tight and penal rough. And it's, it's crazy how much that kills the recreational game. And, but just looking at like, like look at Sanderson this past week, there was no, like where was Cameron champ going to drive it that like put him in trouble on any of those last five or six holes. It was like, yeah, he might, I think he, he hit the fairway. I'm going to be misremembering the holes, but I think on 16, he like striped one down the left side of the fairway. But the other ones, I think he missed the fairway on like almost all of them. And it was like, yeah, cool. There's like, it's like dormant Bermuda basically that you're hitting it out of. And like, yeah, you just hit it anywhere you want. It's totally fine. And that is the stuff that's like, dude, that can't, right. It can't work. I think there's, there's ways to emphasize accuracy off the tee without it being like super high rough or tree lined though. And that's kind of what I was getting at is like, for sure. It, it, with if the ball rolls and guys get it on the wrong line, like a, I know I'm comparing well, it to links, but trying to capture the spirit of kind of a shot that you just can't bomb away and hope it ends up in a good place. Like no, you have to play a specific kind of shot if you want to take it on 320 yards. Uh, that's and it, again, that's really hard to accomplish. But, but even like, that, so like, let's say it's not a links and it's it's in Detroit or Minnesota and it's soft and they get a bunch of rain and now you're talking about like um, you know you're. You, I get the spirit of, you know, the variables you can, are neutering. Your the variables design. are new. Neut- yeah, exactly. And that's where I think you saw that at, uh, what am I? Oh, at Aronimic where right. they had all of these things that we're talking about, except for like, you know, they they were bunkers that were in the 1920 <laughs> spot. And so all the long players just nuked it over them. And so we're looking at like how much role a wet PJ tour fairway gets, which is, you know, not a lot. Then all of a sudden it's like, okay, you're talking about where that drive is going to land. And then it's like, well, all right, now where do you put that bunker that you're talking about? Because now you're going to either kill half the field or right. give half the field a huge hand up or or whatever. So I don't know if that makes sense, but it's it's just it's so, like every conversation we've had on this podcast so far, like, it's just so hard to compare yeah. things yeah. in the UK to things here. And then you get a course that is kind of within angles like, say, Trinity Forest and the tour 
yeah. waters the hell out of it. Yeah. And moves tees up, you know. Straight width and angles on the, on the professional golf doesn't work. Like super mega wide, they hit it so damn far that the angles just don't matter that much. It's why the old course, right. like if the wind doesn't blow, like the old course just yeah. gets eaten up by the professionals. And Trinity, like unless it gets super super firm and the the angles don't mean that much, they don't mean enough. It needs to actually mean something that mound between your your ball and the hole from like 70 yards should mean something well and that's when you get to something like uh i mean even like aaron hills right where it's like yeah okay this is kind of like a width and angles course it's much 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 wider for a u.s open venue but like yeah it's gonna be like eight thousand yards long mm -hmm. so i mean because you just can't have it you can't have it both ways yeah. with um so like even like like aaron hills would be a cool annual tour stop mm -hmm. i'd be down for that i'd like to see that course without the conditions that they got yeah they got it. i mean sure. i know it's kind of how the way a lot of these things go but they weren't gonna water it i mean the tour will if if you know if it's dry in a certain area leading up to a pga tour event the tour will like dictate that you water it the usga <laughs> will not like was uh was usga Air does not want to live under par no, no they do not <laughs> was Aaron Hills where we got the fescue gate also? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that was awesome. So sick. <laughs> With those guys like hacking down the rough yes. on Wednesday <gasps> afternoon that or Tuesday tremendous. afternoon or whatever that was. Um, all right. That's an in really interesting question. It is. And it's for as much as we're hard on the PGA yeah. Tour. And I, 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 it is like a really hard question to answer because I think the, like what Gil Hans did to, uh, at uh, TPC Boston last year or, you know, the bunker, he put in a new bunker and then ended up coming out because the players hated it. It's like, no, no, when they hate it, like yeah. that's what you need to do. Like, <laughs> yeah, they, and the players couldn't describe why they hated yeah, it yeah. or why it was unfair or anything like that. It's just a bad bunker. So the problem with like, another problem with everything we're talking about, and this is where you know, kind of credit to the PJ Tour too, I guess, is like you have to do all of these things that we're describing. Like, let's say that this place has all of these things. It also needs to have a membership that's willing to <laughs> give up their golf course Correct. for a month. It also has to have places for people to park and places for people to put up tents and places like. So it, it's super easy to and kind of fun to rip on the PJ Tour schedule and be like that course sucks. Why would they go there? But it's like, dude, there are yeah. a billion factors that have to go into making on all this stuff. This work. similar line, I'm fascinated to see if the PGA Tour lets Ernie Els, yeah, have any discretion as to how Royal Melbourne's set up for the Presidents Cup next year. Yeah. I agree. It was firm when they played it in eleven. I do remember that. Oh, super firm! Like, they, yeah, guys I, putting off greens. Oh, and it, was stuff. Awesome. it was awesome. It was yeah. tremendous. I hope. I really hope that happens. Um, all right, Levi Dunnigan asks, "When are you guys going to get Brooks Kepka on the podcast, or does No Lang Up stand with Alan Shipnuck?" Tried this route. Tried it last year. Tried a long time, like two years ago, before he was a major champion and all that. Um, struggled to get it done through management. Often there's. Uh, a lot of complications that come with that. You know what? Maybe there would be... Uh, he feels disrespected because he hasn't been on the NLU podcast. Well, I was going to say, well, maybe there's... Tried. Look, let's not, let's not be uh, pessimistic here. Maybe all of this works in our favor to where it's like, hey, maybe now's a good time to come on and share your story. Yeah. Like, the catch is, like, you have to say something. Yeah. <laughs> like, you, you have, have to, to open up a bit. Yeah. Like, I don't think we're interested in, you know, an hour of kind of, like, throwaway press room cliches Mick ultra speak yeah like we let's make it happen i'd love to i mean if you got things to say we're also all there's, ears. there's not a lot of players that like like the dude doesn't win the u.s open twice in a row and we just like didn't think of having oh yes yeah. <laughs> oh man we should have yeah, that I guy i didn't think on. about that um <laughs> anyone who hasn't been on has probably said no at this point is a pretty safe assumption um shout out to kessler <laughs> Uh, help me out, Tronis. I know you you know this guy. Amol Yannick. Is that my saying his name right? Amol. Amol, yeah. yeah. 
He has three questions. Um, I think we, I don't know. We'll, we'll ask the three and you can choose what you want to answer. Your pick for breakout star of 2019. You have to pick one to make a bigger impact on the tour in the next five years, Cam Champ or Matthew Wolf. And where does Rory have more pressure to win in 2019, Augusta or Royal Port Rush? Which one is? Which one do you want to tackle? We can each do one if that works. I'm going. <clears throat> I'll do all three. I'm going to go <laughs> Sam Burns. Okay. Sh- shout out to my FedEx Cup squad. For sure. That's maybe the... Maybe the pick of the draft. I, I kind of, although granted, I have a guy that already won. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think Sam Burns is a menace. I think Cam Champ just because he's got a head start. Yeah, that one is tough. I th- I, it's a good question, but uh, I think in one week the Matthew Wolf hype might have already gotten like too big. I know he's going to be really good. But, yeah, like, but I mean, he's also like a freshman, or I guess he'll he'll, he'll, soft, he'll be sophomore, a sophomore. Yeah. But five years is like, dude, he might have only been a pro for two years. Exactly. Cam Champ will be. Have been one for five, right? And then I'm going to say Augusta for Rory, just because I think that's you know I think if he wins at Portrush, that's like icing on the cake. If he wins at Augusta, that's like cements the heck out of his legacy. Yeah, I think I think the I think I'm going to say Portrush just because I think it's going to be like the Fleetwood treatment for Burkdale, but even worse. Like it's this is a huge deal that the that the Open's going back to Northern Ireland, and I think it's gonna, I'm not sure it's more pressure, but it's going to be way more of a distraction. Than, than any other tournament he's probably ever played in before. Uh, bigger impact on tours, definitely. I mean, Camp Champ's already won on it. I think that's, that's kind of probably where we're going there. Breakout star, I'm, I'm riding with my, my Fred X Cup team, Sung JM. Yeah. He's like really, 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 really good. Uh, I think he's going to... Probably shouldn't have slid to number five in the draft. Probably uh, shouldn't have. <laughs> I think he also got some, some ill-gotten earnings. It was not that much. He was in the CJ Cup. He was the only guy in the field from the FedEx Cup that was in the CJ Cup. You guys had you guys had every opportunity to yeah. draft him and you passed. Had him. he been the first bad. pick in the draft, I would be very much on your side here and rallying for you, but we did have a chance to, yeah. to draft him and didn't. Which which are you taking all three questions? Uh sure. Breakout star. Um God, I, Sam Burns is a good that's a good pick. Uh I mean again like Cameron Champ already has a win like that's yeah. winning's super hard to do really hard uh like i kind of was thinking we wouldn't like we might not have a win in the fred x cup draft like it's only the fall know, is the time for it to yeah, happen it's only 30 guys and you know whatever the fall or july when it, yeah, it's yeah. like the basically it's like major season john right. deere <laughs> reno barbasol you know I, I guess how would you guys define breakout star i mean is that like someone who's DJ, how how would web. you define it? That's your well, question. I don't know. I think there's a lot of guys that kind of live in relative uh, obscurity, and this is not a slight to these guys, but like, is someone like Emiliano Grillo? Like, if he comes out and wins like three times, that's a breakout. It's a breakout relative, star, yeah. right? I like mean, Xander, he's, he's won on tour before. A, like, is yeah. that? It's like if Xander yeah, Shoffley wins example. a major, yeah. is he yeah. a breakout star? Probably. So it, yeah. de- it depends on the semantics here, I guess. But um, you know who? Who would you want to be a breakout star? Can we say that? KFS. I want him to like Oof. win like three events next year. It might happen. It might be. There was like yeah, we got a couple might. KFS questions. Like he. Like I really like Kyle Stanley. You really are writing the questions. But <laughs> like I, I don't know. Like and that was a cool win he had last year. But like what? Like what is he? Like like what happens when he wins? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> like nothing. Like it's it's like he's like a robot. Oh yeah. There's not a lot like he. 
His actual his interview after he won last year at the Quicken Loans was, that was actually awesome. really good. That was like yeah. I liked him more yeah. in that moment than I ever have. Before. You won't see a ton of emotion from him, like or like yeah. super pumped up in any way. But I wouldn't I wouldn't say he's like a on the golf course. He is like a robot, and he like takes it all all the everything that happens to him like in stride. You know you know how I could see uh, kind of freaking out and winning a couple times, Kevin Tway. He's already done it once. I know. That's what I mean. Like, what well, that's what I'm saying is like, yeah. is that not a breakout star, or is that? I mean, like, I could see him. Yeah, that works. Mega hot. We've made we've maybe buried the best question for way too late. I don't know if we're past making this two. Well, sorry, yet. real quick. But okay. where I, who I was going with, like, would want to see as a breakout yeah. star, DJ Defunk, Dylan Meyer. Yeah, that was way cool to see him. At, like to see Cameron Champ winning. Sanderson and then Dylan Meyer like hitting hybrids into the greens and, <laughs> and finishing like sixth or seventh or whatever. That was sweet. I would love to see a lot more of him on telecast. I think if I could pick one guy to be a breakout star, it would probably be Curtis. Curtis yeah. Luck. Oh, yeah. Just because he'd be yeah. he'd be good for the game too. He's kind of a also good for my team. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's true. Also, I'd like to see Zach win like five events and just fund the Buck Club by himself. For and sure. It's all public. Yeah. You can all play for ten dollars. Uh Jameson Parker asked potentially the best question of all of them. Only a few VIPs will be attending the match in person at Shadow Creek. For gamesmanship purposes, name four VIPs each player should place in the gallery in order to gain a mental edge. Jesus. Uh, this is man, four. Gosh, four's a lot. Let's just let's just take it one at a time. All right. Well, so all right, so we're so really eight then, because we're doing four for That's what Kat I mean. That's a lot. For, so I think this Cat is, has to pick like Billy Walters. I was gonna say an FBI right? agent for her. Uh, yeah, for sure. Yes. I think those two are yeah are no brainers. So like like does he pick Bob Mueller, like Robert Mueller, <laughs> <laughs> or like or like you know, who was the guy that was the that was the you know New York prosecutor pre Bahara pre Bahara yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would be a great or like one. the head of the SEC or for something sure. like that I think yes. those are, I think or the those CEO are of Clorox pre Bahara <laughs> did not see that. <laughs> <laughs> Did not see that one coming. That's good though. Uh, I think this is kind of a shout out to uh, all, to Trump at the debates when he brought Obama's brother, Obama's uh, like half brother or whatever, and sat him in the front row, as well as like some of those accusers or something. I don't know. Gosh, that's a really good question. Uh, if I'm Phil, I would pick. I mean, I feel like you probably pick uh, Stevie Williams, mm-hmm. Hank Haney, Hank Haney. You could put, gosh, I mean, all four could be. It could be Butch, Haney. Uh, the easy route would be to start. Sean Foley and I think Butch Chris Cat, I don't think they have a bad they're, relationship. They're cool. Butch yeah. and Cat are cool. I don't think Butch, I don't think uh, Haney and Cat are cool. I was going to say, Elon, do we do, do, we do the... But I think, I think he, they're he cool, too. Yeah, cool yeah. too. Do we do the tabloid route of just start naming the, some of the women <laughs> from the scandal? I don't that know. feels lowbrow. Yeah. Um, gosh, we should have thought about this one a little bit more. Could have come up with some doozies. I think we have some good ones. The FBI didn't. Didn't Charles Barkley and Cat have a falling out? Like they For don't sure. speak any. Like that they would be that would be one you could do. They don't really Kat speak and, anymore. Uh, but I don't think that that's. I don't think they have like a true beef. No, but that that could just kind of make him feel relatively uncomfortable. Yeah. You know who I would probably throw in there is uh, those guys, the Navy SEALs that Tiger didn't pick up the check for. <laughs> I think maybe just pick four of those guys and throw them throw them in there. What about the Harbor Master? <laughs> the Harbor. <laughs> What, what was the story on that one? He called down and he left his te- he left oh, his, his tennis, ball. tennis ball. That's right. Taz's tennis ball. And, uh, called down to the harbor master to secure the tennis ball. I want to hear. Yeah, I want to hear from people on this one because there's a lot of yeah, a lot of potential good, good ones. ones. We probably left a few out there on the table. We didn't do a whole lot of prep for this, which is not dissimilar to a lot of podcasts. 
Um, Joshua Rooker asked, at which point did you all feel comfortable, confident enough to leave your former job and make no laying up your number one priority? I think the, when you guys asked me to, I was going to say the easy answer is like <laughs> yeah. when, when we did it, but, uh, I, it was probably just, I don't know, right after the Rory, couple Rory podcasts, we started to see just everything's kind of skyrocket. And I don't know when we started out, Tron, you could probably add to this too. It was like, we never really, we didn't really do it to have a big audience or have a business model in mind or like try to make any money off. I was just like, we just, it's a happy accident. Yeah. It was like a hobby and we just kind of for fun. And then once like I, I remember it was specifically, it was a, it was a player's agent said to me, he's like, dude, I can just tell from talking to you, like you have no idea what you have. And we didn't like, I, I had no idea like what, how big the audience was. I mean, you could see the numbers on Twitter and stuff, but you just don't really know the impact that it had. And it was kind of in having a couple of those conversations and learning kind of quickly how the model would look if we were to do it. And, you know, the support of Callaway, you know, reaching out to us really and wanting to get involved is what, kind of triggered the whole thing and that's yeah that's pretty much pretty much when it when it all changed kind of spring of 2017 seems like a long time ago now I think but part it of it too day. it plays it that played into it i think for both of us was like having to do kind of two jobs at the same time whether you know whether this has ever been considered a job or you know when we were kind of doing it part-time but having to switch back and forth between those things and, and kind of burn the candle at both ends um you know i think that's when you when you do a golf podcast and then go back to talking about, you know, in my case, talking about revenue per available room night or, <laughs> you know, um, all sorts of, you it's know. It's two totally different directions and they're not really helping each other. Yeah, really. yeah. And it's just tough to switch gears. And every time you go back to the other one, you're like, man, why am I not? Well, that was the thing. It was like, we kind of had to ask ourselves the questions. Like, do you want to end up doing this full time? And when we knew for sure that the answer was yes, like we couldn't get out fast enough. Yeah, we had to like make sure we had the finances in order and you had to make sure your wife and was okay, was on board and she was incredibly supportive. But it was kind of like, all right, if you want to do it, then let's not waste time working on other things. Cause like, let's the better, the more time we dedicate to it now, the better we're off we're going to be. Let's not lay up. Yeah. Let's, <laughs> like, let's go for deal. it. And honestly, bringing, like bringing DJ in helped us. He also kind of helped us realize a lot of things that we probably didn't know. And we needed somebody with industry experience to help us with, you know, when we go do like, knowing what to do and what not to do is like a very important thing. And we could have gone a completely different direction in the last year alone. And it could have been the totally wrong direction. So having DJ being willing to be involved kind of helped really map things out as well down the road. Thanks guys. Well, what about yourself? You left the PGA Tour to do this? Yeah, I, I think that for me, it's it's a lot of what you guys were saying, too. I mean, I think for me, it was like kind of figuring out uh, just what I wanted to do uh, with my time. I think a lot of it was, fi you know, figuring out what I was passionate about and what makes me excited. And a lot of that stuff is, I mean, it's a lot of what we did, what we, <laughs> it sounds cheesy, but it's a lot of like what we do every day. It's talking about golf like a normal person talks about it it's highlighting cool like you know what i think the sorry this is a, a wide-ranging answer but i think the biggest part for me was when i figured out like what i liked about golf and what i liked about golf was not uh tracking uh, you know world rankings or fedex cup rankings or like 
watching, you know, who's going to win the, the Quicken Loans National, like make your whole week about this. Like that, I was like, God, what I like about golf is like playing golf and talking about courses and talking about, you know, just hitting shots and doing all these things. And I think uh, that's no slight at the PJ Tour. Like obviously they're incredibly good at what they at what they do and what they promote and what they put out and stuff. But for me, it was much so much more on like, okay, I, I think I've forgotten a lot of what uh, golf is by being so focused on one tour and one schedule and one set of players that I like, once you kind of take a step back from that and you look at like, man, I'd like, I love golf. I wasn't sure that I loved PGA tour golf mm-hmm. at that time. And I think that was the biggest difference for me. Um, and just kind of looking for something different to do. And I think what's kind of cool and not to fluff you guys, uh, too bad here, but no, please go on. We have all the time in the world. <laughs> oh, the card's almost full. Um, no, what, what I think is really cool about it is that I, th- I think what drew me to it was that it, it's kind of a, um, it's a product or a brand hashtag brand or whatever you want to call it of things that are, you guys started doing it just because I think you correct me if I'm wrong. You guys started doing it just because you really, 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 really liked doing it. And that connects with people so much more than like, okay, how do I get rich? Let's reverse engineer this and let's start with the product. And then we'll try to figure out how to make people like it. It was instead, it was just starting with something that people like and trying to make that into a product is so much more fun. Even now it's kind of like, of course we want to be successful and be able to go do the stuff we want to do but for us it's still like the conversation is not hey how do we milk this thing for all it's worth it's like how do we sustain this and get to the point where we can do it for however long we want to do it yeah i think if we had i say we more you guys i think if you had gotten into this for like dollar signs (laughs) you would have been sorely disappointed which i think is kind of the good the good part about this is like all right let's make enough to keep the lights on and travel and do what we want to do and then you know everything else will kind of figure out i think part of it too there's there's this other ancillary like all the ancillary stuff around professional golf is one of the things i like about it yes aside from just the golf you know it's like there's all these personalities and there's all this travel and there's all these you know pseudo beefs and like you know just all this it's like this menagerie of different stuff that like this cottage that's just around professional golf at large and the european tour is a part of that the pga tour is a part of that the champions tour is a part of that the web tour is a part of that like it's it's this it's this entire ecosystem but it's not you know like the golf itself sometimes is almost the least interesting part of it oh for sure watching it or yeah, Yeah, yeah like yeah definitely and I think, like, back to your point of, like, a reverse engineering or, like, we could make, I would imagine, we've never tried to, we could make way more money off this podcast than we, like, choose to. But, like, I think that ruins the product a little bit when you have, you know, a lot of other podcasts have five, eight minutes of advertising. And I think that dilutes it and it takes away from kind of what has helped make this thing successful. And it would be easy to really, truly just, like, sell ourselves out. But that's not at all how we do it. And it's not our business model. And that's not... Yeah, and I think it's that, art to us. It's that, kind of that goes cheesy to, to say. No, for sure. And that I mean, we can stop patting ourselves on the back after this, probably. But it's like I think that speaks to like the videos and stuff too, where it's like, yeah, we could make stuff that gets a lot more views mm-hmm. uh, theoretically. I don't put us to the test <laughs> we could, on that. I was like, we, yeah, we, we totally could. could. I was like, we should probably do. Uh, that, no, actually. I mean, there's there's a way to make clickbaity stuff that would be very easy to like get a ton of eyeballs on 
But those kinds of people are not going to show up to an event at Sweeten's Cove, and they're not going to sit and watch you know, the premiere of Tourist Sauce, which a bunch of people sat and did this week. And they're not going to email us funny shit all the time on the refuge that just like makes us laugh. Like it just, the the more, I mean, this is like the oldest cliche in the book, but like the more you chase the wrong stuff, like just the more soulless yeah. it gets and the less fun it is. So I would way rather have fun with like a very small, passionate fan base than, than chase, you know, whatever. DJ, were you going back to your time at the tour? Were you afraid to go low? <laughs> Super afraid to go. Low. I'm afraid to go low in every in every aspect. Uh, yeah, my I assume you're referring to live under par. Correct. Uh, yeah, I was much more comfortable in kind of a U.S. Open grinded out setup. Uh, if you get one or two under, I mean, you had a really, really, really good day. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> um, moving on. Chris Arnaldo asks, how much, of a, how much of a hassle is it to film mid-round? Does someone have to take turns sitting out, or do you have a small crew you hire? <laughs> Very small crew. Yes. <laughs> You're hearing from all of them yes. right now. Uh, it's a pain in the ass. It's a huge pain in the ass. Yeah, I mean, and, and uh, preface all of this with, like, no, like no one should feel bad for <laughs> for this. Like, it's still very easy. But yes. it's nice. It's really, really nice to go play around a golf and not have to. Be, yes, yeah, like I don't. Yeah. In, and we do that. I don't yeah. get like a huge thrill most of the time out of playing on the road or playing in any of the rounds that you guys see or whatever because there's your mind is going in fifty five different directions. It's like fuck. Did we get this? Did we get this? What shot do we need? Hold on, hold this. Don't hold on. Don't hit yet. Oh god, there's people behind us. Oh god, like. It gets. It's hard to do. Yeah, like it. It's hard to do, but it's very. It's Rel- relatively. I mean, coal speaking. mining is hard to do. Yes. Like what we do is not that hard. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's something that it's a process that we probably need to greatly improve. But it is, and yeah, but we do do it run and gun and all ourselves, right and it's uh, we just that that I mean, it's so different than you know if you hire a camera crew of three people or whatever one that's really expensive to it just takes like sticking a camera in like in somebody's face that you meet is way different than like just coming up with a cell phone it takes involves so much more staging and just kind of gets rid of a lot of the authenticity of what we're trying to accomplish i think i wouldn't say we accomplish it perfectly but we're learning and working on it and uh but yeah, it's, it's not a, it's uh, a process. It is a process. It's not some huge. If you can't tell, it's not a a big budget operation. That's where Matt Golden, our editor, earns his stripes because he turns our our random everywhere footage into something that looks at least somewhat presentable. I think quite presentable. So PK has been bucking his head a little bit. Oh, um, what, we got a PK watch. Going yeah, on? I mean, he's just he's he's firing kind of the same usual. Uh, same usual drivel. Calling at the, people dolts. Uh, yeah. Uh, Adorable deplorables, he said, which is kind of a fun rhyme scheme. Uh, I've been in the golf media industry for 25 years. I've negotiated every media deal possible in every medium. Uh, you shouldn't be negotiating that many deals if you're yeah. just for whatever. Okay, you, you <laughs> Maybe the, have the you deals the talent, last a little man. longer. Yeah, uh, With the biggest and smallest names in golf, players and companies, how long did it take you to become a nut bar? The medicine will take. Hold on. A lot of... Uh, you know, in this this uh, national conversation, we're having a lot of mental illness jokes as yes. well. Not very un, un, unbecoming. Um, let's go back to uh, the match for a question here from Jared Gouge. Uh, on the viewing scale of watching Webb Simpson, he says, no hate, I love Webb. On the viewing scale of watching <laughs> Webb swing to watching Tiger walk in 15-foot birdie putts, where is the Tiger versus Phil match for you guys? 
This is a tough one. I feel oh, like tough, it's kind a, of venturing it's into a tough spectrum we're dealing with. It's often. almost it's getting a little painful to where it's almost flipping to like I'm gonna watch it because I think it might be a train wreck. <laughs> <laughs> and I can't look away. Yeah, it's hard. I mean and, uh I was I was listening to Andy and Porath's podcast and and Andy I think summed up a lot of what I was feeling, which was it you root really, 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 really hard for it to be successful because like this is exactly what golf needs. Maybe not this specific thing, but it needs alternate formats. It needs alternate, just alternates to the PJ tour. I think what he said was basically like the reason the tour doesn't, you know, evolve is because it's a monot like there's no competition really. Like why would it it everything works fine for them. So like why change anything? Which is totally fair. And so yeah, that being said, uh, it's it's just weird. I mean, it just feels, and I will reserve judgment for the most part until we can actually watch it. But uh, it feels a little phony to me. It, it definitely. I mean, it. it <laughs> Is there something it, phony like about video, these two playing for nine million dollars? The video that they released money? on the HBO, like the preview of the twenty four seven thing, and they're both kind of hamming it up and playing a role yeah it's just it just felt so inauthentic it's just all like and i don't even know whose fault this is because it's not really tiger and phil's fault because they get put in this situation where it's like okay the camera's on now like trash talk go ahead that's exactly what we're okay we're right okay we're right go ahead go Go ahead trash be funny yeah go be funny and it's like a they're not funny at all really like like you think about tiger funny like the i was thinking about this the other day like when he was at his like quote-unquote coolest was when he would give like one word answers in the press conferences. And you're like, Oh sick. Yeah. Like that guy doesn't talk He's to a anybody. Killer. Yeah. And now it's like, Hey man, like you're a new tiger. Like be fun. Come on. Like be cool. But like kind of mean and kind of edgy. And it's like, dude, it's just the whole thing. It's, it's like the whole thing is set up to, it's just, those two are in a position of weakness, I guess, uh, in this whole situation. Like, I don't know what they can do differently. It'd it, be so hard for besides them. play for their own money. Right. Like that's the thing is they could be playing, legitimately i'm not being hyperbolic here the nine million dollars thing like i could not i can't fathom how much money they have to begin with so i don't know it's as important to either yeah, of them like, or who not gives a shit how much like if they were playing for 50 bucks and you had to watch the other person take out their wallet and pay the other guy on the 18th green that would be just as interested in that right and you know so, the, like the whoever nine million, paid that nine million dollars like i'm sorry but that a, was the nine stupid. million you know it was gonna be more but the pga tour put the kibosh on that yeah and then yeah, B, nine million is such an arbitrary. Uh, uh, and then B, like I know they're getting more, it you know on the on the back end of it. Like they're you know they're probably yeah. you know depending upon you know maybe it's maybe it's a total flop and and they're not making a bunch more money off of it. But I think at the end of the day they're both clearing a lot more money than nine million. And then all the like they they keep talking about all the kind of side challenges that are going to be, you know. Yeah, it's going to be like closest to the pin, which all that stuff, like I would assume, I don't know this, but assume like you got to set all that stuff up ahead of time. So like the cameras know what's coming and they have graphics ready to go and all that stuff. So like that stuff's going to be, I don't know, Tiger, what do you think? We're here at the 13th hole. Should we do closest to the pin? Oh, you're on for a hundred grand to your charity. And it's like, what am I? Okay. What am I supposed to root for like? Whose charity doesn't get the money now? <laughs> like, I don't, like, what? It, it what is been, this, the whole thing is just like, it's just weird. You know like, what would have been better? Know. 
They should have like played poker against each other. Yeah. Like if we could like see their whole cards and they played heads up hold them against each other, that would be like more entertaining to me. And they were betting their own money. Like I, we've seen them play a ton of golf against each other. What what's a, the this doesn't going to solve anything. It just makes one person really a lot more rich. I don't even know if it's a lot more more rich than they already were. I, I think part of the part of the distaste I think too just comes from it's on the heels of you know, if this was pre Ryder Cup, people would probably be more right. excited about it. But well, I think I think the momentum for it was so bad that I'm starting to come at least somewhat back around on it. I think people are like, "Oh, it's pay per view. I'm not paying for that." It's like, yeah, that doesn't even bother me. It's I'm twenty like, bucks. Yeah, cool. Like, come on. Like, yeah. that's like yeah. how much. And there's not shit going on the Friday after right. Thanksgiving. Yeah. <laughs> and like, there's been a lot of missteps. And like, the more brands that get involved, the worse off this thing is always going to be. That's just the way things work. And you know, not allowing spectators was probably a mistake, and I have no idea what the atmosphere and vibe is going to be like. But like, I mean, come on, we can pay twenty bucks to watch it. Like, I still kind of want to see what happens. It's not like this isn't going to be the dream scenario at all. It's not going to be, and nobody out there thinks it. But I think I just feel like it's gotten a little too far. Of like, I will never pay for that just because it's pay per view. <laughs> I will not click two buttons on my phone to pay twenty dollars for it. like. Come on. <laughs> When, when like people are tweeting about it, like you're gonna kind of be like, okay, I kind of want to see what happens. Now. You know what I would? Pay I almost to watch? went to go pay twenty dollars for the perfect club for my Halloween costume. <laughs> had the store not closed, like like I'd pay fifty bucks to watch like Patrick Reed against like anybody. Yeah, for well, so that <laughs> yes, let, let's transition out of this in I, like one more thing, but then like that brings up a super interesting point to where like is this kind of like a watershed for for other you know, matches like this. And I think someone had kind of floated that when the report first came out, maybe a Shipnuck or, or whoever, but, um, real quick on the pay-per-view thing, it's like, I would guess a lot of people who watch pay-per-view stuff, either obviously people watch it at home, but a lot of people I think go to bars and you know, whatever, like let's go, go to a bar and watch whatever fight is on or, or whatever. Part of the charm of this is, uh, that all these guys are, you know, these two guys are going to be super mic'd up. So you'd be able to hear what they're saying. So, the other aspect is like you go to a bar, like you're not gonna be able to right. hear any of that. So it's like it's, it's just not, it's just like watching like a party a, event. like a quiet event at your house. I guess is kind of no different than watching golf in general. But that kind of gets to the point where it's like, well, this should feel a lot different, and I don't know that it does. I was gonna also there's no yeah the no fans thing is like I was gonna reserve judgment in the middle of the day until the twenty four seven because I'm dying for a yeah. non like PGA tour media company of some kind, an external you know company that has extreme success in doing documentary stuff do this and i think there's totally something there with the the history between phil and tiger and i hope they get into that the trailer for it was did not get me excited but you know i think they're trying to draw in the casual fan obviously i think that's the other challenge is hey you know they need to appeal to a wide swath of sports fans and you know but like pay-per-view events are at night almost always i've never heard of a pay-per-view event during the day so like I don't know. Are people going to buy it or not? I think I think we're at least to the point where it's like, all right, let's at least see what happens. Let's I think give the it a reason, shot. you know, the reason I'm I'm not going to totally flame it is just because yeah, it's the first iteration of what I expect to be, like you said, more you know, more of a routine, more of a regular thing, um, you know. But just thinking about like like the, the skins game, like yeah. my favorite moment in the history of the skins game was when didn't didn't like somebody say something to Gary Player one time at the skins game, like. Like Tom Watson, I think said something. Oh, they got like a, oh, they got like a huge fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's so sick. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Well, so that's what gets me the most excited about this is, I mean, the like world that we live in now sounds like a big statement, but uh, <laughs> like everything is so just meme 
driven and it's so just like these these little like snacky bites of content hashtag content is uh just like what seems to drive everything and like this couldn't be more perfect (laughs) for that and I, i was thinking about like if you look at the last couple years of major championship golf or whatever the moment that like sticks out to me the most uh as far as like if you said what's the most memorable thing that's happened in the last two years at majors what would stick out is like go get that moment you mm-hmm. know by Spieth and it's like if I'm an agent or something and I'm if I'm Spieth's agent or JT's agent or any of these people and I'm looking at this opportunity to be like yo you're you get the cachet of Tiger and Phil and you're mic'd up for 18 holes and like it's gonna be all go get that moments that just get ripped down and turned into memes and gifs and all these different things and like as far as a way to like showcase your client's personality like what's gonna do it more that or like post-tournament press conferences where you get asked about whatever or just like you know watching you play golf with no you know with no mics and so i'm not advocating for you know all of this should just be nothing but wild ass entertainment like and it should be like the the xfl but it's like dude it's it's yeah what i mean that's the biggest question is like okay is this what is, is this for entertainment purposes or is this like you know to decide who the best sportsman in the world is like what's the fedex cup about yeah is it to decide like who's the greatest golfer and who's the greatest sportsman or is it like yo let's like keep fans entertained for yeah. 52 and weeks out, and, yeah. and hand out a boatload of money yeah and it's like you can't get stuck in the middle and trying to figure out which one it is I, I don't know what i'm grasping at is maybe my favorite skins game moment which I could be remembering this totally wrong, but I'm pretty sure like Annika Sorenstam and Fred Funk and Tiger were all playing in the same skins game. And I think it was some deal that if Annika outdrove Fred Funk, he had to wear a skirt, which probably wouldn't work out very well in 2018. (laughs) Uh, So Fred Funk is wearing a skirt and he bends down to read a putt. And uh, he's like, what do you think, Tiger? And Tiger's on the other side of it. And he's got pants on underneath the skirt. And Tiger's just like, oh, I think it's maybe one, maybe two balls outside left. <laughs> yeah. If, if Tiger could pull off like four hours worth of those, then I think it's going to be somewhat interesting. But we're going to give it a shot. Like, yes, like, for sure. They've made a ton of missteps. It does not have a lot of momentum. There's a lot of things I think we'd love it for them to do differently about it. I think but, part of it's just the cycle. It's like, it's like the hype cycle has just been too long already. Yeah. Well, I was going to say is the hurdle to clear for golf fans is honestly not a big one. Like there's so much content out there as it is. And people really, in my opinion, really love very average content might even include this podcast, (laughs) but I'm not saying we're above that, but the vitriol for which that people reacted to this was amazing. Like it truly was. This is like golf fans are not that hard to please from like an entertainment standpoint. I say that saying like most of what we do here is complain about like broadcast, but like it was amazing how hard people were so vehemently against this. Yeah, I think part of that was just I mean, like you said, Tron, the the life cycle of it or or whatever. It's just like it's just been like a slow drip of bad news. Rather than just like dumping it all at once yeah. and be like, here's the price, there's no fans, it's this. People have been like, Oh god, I I don't even know how to and you announce that interpret all six this, but it's just like before, and maybe so. that's just like how the deal got done and all this stuff was happening in real time, but I don't know. You guys want another PK tweet? Yes. Uh, Feed me. Someone said, uh, this was a response to being called a nut bar. Uh, (laughs) Said, sounds like an insult from those fifth graders NLU who made that content. Uh, You're a a joke. And he responded with, probably why Sports Illustrated called me, this is all capitalized, a symbol of integrity. (laughs) Because I make stuff up to a complete nutter like you. (laughs) 
This is the best. We may just have to do a whole. It might developing situation. Might take a whole podcast just to read all. He's probably up to about 150 tweets now. (laughs) We'll keep you guys posted as as more shit comes to light. We'll get to a few more here and then wrap it up. Uh, I gotta go here pretty soon. um, All right, let's wrap it at this one then. Brian Whipple, best run, one round experience you've ever personally had playing golf. Not course or score or prestige, just the most memorable, fun, emotional round you've played. Could be this year in Scotland or when you were 10 with your dad. Deep mm, question. Very deep question. Uh, gosh, you go ahead, Sal. You haven't let off yet. I think I'm going to go with, and we'll we may get into this in episode four of Taurus Sauce this year. The round I played last year at the old course was like... Just light bulb going off. Uh, I had the best caddy in the world, my man Brett Murray, who just like opened up my eyes to what strategy meant in golf. And the light, it just like coming into town, I played really well and it was in the wind. And coming into town with the wind at your back and making a bunch of birdies on the back nine, finishing in town. And feeling like that was the first time I really understood the old course and uh, like pieced it together and thought my way through it and it was that was the round I walked off being like oh my god like that that's golf like it is not like playing like resort courses where you just bomb it up in the air like that is I want to do all of that all over again like every single day it's kind of like the first time I went skydiving or the only time I went skydiving I never really understood it and then I got on the ground I was like I want to go back up there right now like I want (laughs) to let's do it again right at this moment and that was like a taste of Closest taste of golf adrenaline I think I've had, and it was phenomenal. I would say mine's probably a tie between first time I played Pasa Tiempo with Neil. Like, just I don't know. I'd never really played. I'd like I'd never played an Alistair McKenzie. I'd never really played golf. I'd never played golf in California before. The weather was perfect. It was just one of those days. But more specifically, I would say the the round that we played this year at on Pacific. Dunes. I was kind of thinking of that one too. <laughs> like, yeah, there were some performance enhancers involved. And <laughs> yeah, it was kind of spiritual. Yeah, I mean, uh, Ra- I mean Randy, Randy like <laughs> passed out <laughs> later that day. I think it was. I mean, it was. It was. Yeah, it was like a spiritual. Like you know, it was just like it was really sunny at the beginning of the round. The fog rolled in, and then it got cold. And it got cold, and then we're on. And then we finish up on the punch bowl. It was. It was just like as cool as you could ever experience yeah that was that was up there i think for me i mean i've had like the old course with my dad was was awesome for all the reasons that you would think it was um and my brother was there as well gosh you know what was up there was the uh the lost like lost farm with we played a sixum with (laughs) you guys and wild bill and wild bill and uh zv and i think that was like and that was the uh i think that was the moment of like our australia trip it was just complete jet lag and euphoria and good weather and i mean it was like the, the golf course was so fun um i think that was and then, right and then the next day we go to metro and just get jacked. Jacked. yeah exactly, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Punch in the face. it was like the highest of yes, highs and then that's exactly right or uh similar to your experience i think playing north barrack for the first time was like the first time i, pl- I played with sean martin and uh matt van zant and uh that was the first time i really played any links golf whatsoever and i mean it was again we can yeah Look for more of that in yes. uh, Tour Sauce episode two. Um, all right, we will totally wrap with this question from Phil R. Will Brendan Dassey or Stephen Avery ever get out of prison? <laughs> I don't know if you guys are making your murder watchers. I've never, never seen it. Never okay. watched it. Well, weigh in anyways. <laughs> what, do you think they will? Um, you know what, man? It's, it's tough to say. It's tough to say. Uh, I'm going to say yes, they will get out of prison. It's not going to be for a long time, though. That is a really good answer. Uh, yeah, have you watched I, season two? No, I haven't. It's incredible. Um, really? 
Yeah. I mean, it's really What's good. What's left? I mean, they I have the whole appeal. Like, yeah, the right. whole appeal process. They got new lawyers. They like re- try to recreate the scene. It's really good. I'm deep into into the scene, so this question really resonated with me. Uh, I don't think they're going to get out. I think the hurdle's big, too big to climb. That's not to say that season the two life is sentence definitely, that they're in for. Uh, life. Brennan's got a life sentence with eligibility for parole in 2048. See, there you go. And Stephen Avery uh, has like life. Nailed it. Well, it seems like Sean nailed it. I don't think I need yeah. to watch it. <laughs> it's tremendous. So let's wrap it at that. This was a long one. Uh, this was a lot of fun. I hope to maybe do some more of these uh, in the future. Um, until then, cheers. Cheers. Crack on. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Johnny, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most! Expect anything.